0: Welcome to The Real Word Season 9, Episode 17. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's helped us to get this far so far. Help us. Thank you for all the people that supported us so far. Um, shout out to all the people that's been inviting us out to the galas, all the people that's supporting. Um, if you didn't know, now you know that The Real Word Ministries <laughs> is having our own art gala Um, that's dropping coming up. Yeah, we're yeah, we dropping a bomb on them early. <laughs> so stay tuned for that, guys. You're going to see us um, with that soon, and you're going to see us promoting that soon. So if you want to support The Real Word and everything that we're doing, we're, we're having an Art Gallery Gala coming up. Um, Cabell's not here in the studio, but he's here via Zoom. Introduce I'm yourself. I'm still
1: here, man. I'm still here, just, you know, tele- telepathically. <laughs> yeah.
0: Turn your TV yeah, off. Man. It's distracting. I think that's what Nick was talking about earlier. <laughs> what, the? When
1: well, you don't like the TV,
0: I don't know. Who would want to watch a show if somebody watching a show in the background? <laughs> I, mean,
1: I mean, hey. That's what I watch. We're
0: going to talk about some, you know, law and order things later. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we got a very special guest. Someone very brand new to the platform. Introduce yourself, sir. Hey, Everybody. Chicago. Yep, I'm shy. I'm Nick Espinosa. Nice
2: to meet
0: you guys. Thank you, um, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Um, Nick is coming all the way from Chicago and also Nick is um one of our guests from Podmatch? shout out to pod match for supporting us and shout out to pod match um for always helping us to link up with people all over the world um so you guys said that you wanted to speak on something in particular but nick take take some time out to tell the fans about yourself and what it is that you do and who you are
2: yeah sure sure i'm uh i'm the chief security fanatic of security fanatics We do all things: cyber security, cyber warfare, cyber terrorism, infrastructure, government compliance, those kinds of things. Uh, Man, protection. Yep, (laughs) exactly. I've done uh, I've done four TED talks. I have a nationally syndicated radio show. Um, I also write for Forbes and other technology council, as well as uh, First Congress of CNN. Nice, nice. Best selling book a few years back, and all of that. I'm happy to be here. Happy to hang out.
0: The big yeah, stepper. The man. big stepper. I
2: up. know. Came
1: out. I've been in full TED talks. I'm like, I might, have to catch an episode,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Please. Shout to everybody for watching. So, Nick, I'm guessing that Security Fanatics is your company that you started, right? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I started back in 2015, and so we're about eight years old or so. And uh, before that, I had a previous company that uh, I grew up for about 15 years before selling it. And mm-hmm. so. Uh, you know, this is kind of in my DNA at this point. I've, I've been in cybersecurity.
1: I, I you started your own company.
2: How did you advertise that? How did you get that out there? Yeah, so uh, so back in high school, I was working for a, a tech company, uh, basically doing things like IT support, all those kinds of things. I was getting into cybersecurity back then. And uh, so when I graduated high school, about a year out, year out of high school, I started my first company. And so, by virtue of that, I just I grew up for about fifteen years. I sold it in twenty thirteen, uh, became wow. CEO of that company, and then founded uh, two years later um, Security Fanatics. And here we are, just keep on rolling.
0: Oh, almost like how okay. Elon Musk did. How Elon Musk and his friends started PayPal, and they did the <laughs> PayPal Mafia. They sold it, and he, he went and bought. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't have Musk money. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Elon, feel free to loan me some bucks, but no, yeah. I. You know, yeah. no, I, I love what I do. You have
0: a little something-something, Nick. Come on. <laughs>
2: I started like everybody else, you know, where just one one presentation at a time. And uh, I had a, I had a previous business partner that said, hey, you know, you're both a nerd and extroverted. Why don't you go try public speaking? And so I said, sure, why not? And, uh, and so I did a presentation uh, for like 20 people, you know, like on a random Sunday or whatever it was uh, that he had set up. And it went well. And I just kept on going with it. And... You know, within a year, I was basically flying various places around the country, and uh, about a year after that, I got an agent, um, and it just kept on, kept on going. And then I figured, you know what? I I like to talk, maybe I can get a radio show. So I started shopping around and built a demo that I gave to various radio shows, and I found one that would take me. And I swear, more cows than humans were listening to me, <laughs> you know, on <laughs> wow. that show. But you know, that really? that gave me that gave me the ability to. You know, take that and then go to find a syndicator, you know, and then I got a syndicator, you know, and now I'm starting to gain affiliates all over there. So explain explain
0: to people what's a syndicator and what being in affiliate markets is. A lot of people don't understand that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So basically a syndicator is somebody that will take your show, TV, radio, whatever it is. A sponsor, you know? Yeah, Yeah. like a sponsor, Mm -hmm. but they'll broadcast it out to various affiliates or locations. So Mm -hmm. I just picked up an affiliate last week in San Antonio, Empower Radio. And and so by virtue of that, uh, now they play my show, and I'm part of the Empower Radio family in San Antonio. Uh, as I am on other radio stations uh, from coast to coast and a few outside the country as well. So, um, you know, a nice part about cybersecurity is that it's universal. It's not just an American-born thing. Everybody needs it around the globe. So, uh, so I, I hate how you started. What kept you going, though, I guess? Was it fun? Is it fun, I guess? I I, mean, I like talking. Too. Yeah. Well, I mean, think, think about it this way. I get to break into things and not get arrested. So, <laughs> so that's, that, well, know, that, that's sounds, that sounds more fun, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, so I, get to, I, get, I get to do things like that, but at the same token, at the end of the day, you know, when I'm looking at my retirement down the road, mm. I don't really have like a monetary number in my head. My goal is to spend 1 billion people on the planet before I retire because I will have made the world a better place, and so yeah. that is consistently my goal. And my first goal was 10 million, and then I got raised to 100 million, and we're chipping away at a billion, and then I'll move it to you know the planet try to hit, and, that, you know. try to
1: hit that amazon trillion
2: not that many people on the planet though but, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so that's and that's that's what it is the money will come i'm not worried about that and so if i can just help people and i can defend people and sleep at night that's that's a good day mm-hmm. so yeah for so, like, yeah. yeah.
0: those not, that's a... go go, go ahead. ahead come on finish please
1: no, I was just saying that's how you started the podcast is doing it just to think like one by one, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. And, you know, and I, I'm just really glad and I'm very thankful right now that more than my mother listens to my work or reads my work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that, I've, that I've got people that. Well, you know, it's good heard mom heard. do support you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to. They tend to. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. The number one fan. <laughs> Indeed. Right on. But yeah, Rick Stone, yeah.
0: I'm sorry?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I call him Rick Starr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um so you mentioned syndicated markets and affiliate markets and that um automatically reminded me of the Breakfast Club. I know that was a show that started on Power 105 locally in New York and then it got into the syndicated markets and then it got picked up by affiliate markets and then it was end up on iHeartRadio and then from iHeartRadio they then went on to be in B E T. And now they're on cable television and they're in multiple affiliate markets. And they're a syndicated television and radio show. So you can start off small and then the snowball effect continues to grow. And you took a skill and then put it in different avenues and in different markets. What gave you the motivation to do that?
2: Honestly, just to help people to get, to get the word out. If I look at my entire industry, cybersecurity in and of itself, mm-hmm. a lot of us, honestly are pretty socially awkward you know we 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 are not engaging there's only a handful of us that that really get out there and put ourselves out there and uh, you know that's something that I think really motivated me because I'm I'd like to think I'm personable, right, and and I work with people that, honestly, they're just very socially inept, you know, I like to say, like, live in mom's basement, can't talk to girls, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that kind of thing, and,
1: I used to do engineering at City Tech, um, that was how the hallways were, you know, socially awkward, especially with yeah. the zeros and ones, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just happened to, you know, I'll go have a beer with you, I'll go hang out, you know, and, yeah. and that was, I think that was the difference. Um, and then I was like, you know, if I I have all this knowledge and I'm not really sharing it with the world, let's share it with the world. And so, you know, I probably emailed 200 station directors just to get one radio station. And then I emailed every syndicator I could possibly find. You know, I just keep going. And you know, and I do it myself. I don't I don't have somebody that's that's doing that for me. Um, not that on the speaking side I have an agent, but um, but on the radio side, it's it's just me, just trying to get the word out and kind of keep growing and. You know all that kind of stuff. So and and I wanted to do TED talks at one point cause I love them. I just love watching them. And I'm like, can I contribute in yeah. some way? You know, as as kind of like a legacy thing. And so, I've 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 done a few. One of them kind of went viral in cybersecurity. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is using it as his college courses. And so mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud mm-hmm. of that one. And you know, so yeah, yeah. just just keep on rolling.
1: Mm-hmm. Keep on rolling. You, got, you, you sound like you. I like I like what I hear, man. You got a lot to be proud of.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I, like I said, if I can if I can defend a billion people on the planet, you know, that's that's a that, that's a goal of mine. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it.
0: So one of the words that you used that stuck out to me the most was the word legacy. Right. And that's something um, legacy is creating things or memories that will outlive you and that will continue to remind people of you even once you're gone. Um, for example, let's just say a street is named after you or a school named after you or something of that nature. You have a digital footprint on um, the TED Talks and everything else. Um, how would you like your legacy to be expressed or to be shown after you're gone? Uh, you know, I, I, I
2: know there's an exercise of like, what do you want on your tombstone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what do you want on your gravestone? And. You know, I've never really done that. Only in the sense that I don't think I'm done writing that. Mm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think I think I've got more to do before I before I shuffle off. You know, and um, <laughs> <The> <laughs> you know? The end. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and so in that vein, I think I, you know, I just I I I would love to be remembered as somebody that you know contributed that made the world a better place. Yeah. You know, even if it's helping one person or it's helping a billion. You know, if I if I can defend you, I can secure you, and I can educate you. Then I consider that a win. You know mm-hmm. that is you, you are better off, your kids are better off. <laughs> you know because it, it blows down, right? We teach we teach we teach the young and, and hopefully they keep on going with it and and uh, just just keep rolling. So so yeah, I mean in that sense, like I I don't necessarily know what I want on my tombstone yet, um, but I you know when I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> Do you have children? Hey, you, you're remembered for me as the first person I spoke to that did a TED talk.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, okay. Uh, well, no, we didn't have no guests like that. We had judges, doctors, but we ain't we getting no TED Talks, even
2: BBLs. Yeah, well, if you want to go check it out, my my most famous one is the Five Laws of Cybersecurity.
0: The Five Laws okay. of Cybersecurity. Okay, speak so of up. laws. Yeah, speak of law, yeah, you know laws.
2: Yeah, I'm going to remember
0: things. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah so. so but, Another thing that you mentioned, Nick, you also mentioned mm-hmm. the fact that you went out to get an agent. And I can't say that agents haven't reached out to me, but at the same time, I didn't see that an agent would be necessary at this point. But you um, actually took um, the initiative and hired an agent. How has an agent benefited you in regards to your public speaking and your career?
2: Yeah, so interestingly enough, I did not hire an agent.
0: Oh.
2: Um and so yeah yeah no this so this is what happened I was speaking at an event mm-hmm. it was like a it was like kind of like a road show for cybersecurity where I did like four or five different cities and one of the um one of the people there that like one of the production people that put the whole thing together mm-hmm. said hey you're really good on stage I want to introduce you to you know like this agency I think you know they could probably get you speaking gigs and stuff and I said sure like why not mm-hmm. and so the, the, so they found you Yeah, they found me. So 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 I'm not paying them, but they take commissions on what I... the the work that they bring me.
0: And do they bring you good work?
2: Yeah, yeah, i mean uh, I, been all over. So, I travel, I've, I've literally traveled all over the world for speaking engagements. Now.
0: So you got to afford that to us, then, because you know.
2: Yeah, well, part of it is you have to try out. Yeah, I mean, they're going to vet you, right? They're not going to oh, say you're not worthy. You know, I, you know, but but the process is is like they, you know, I got yeah. introduced. Then they want to to give it as a lawyer talk. He
0: give it as a yeah. disclaimer. I'm not guaranteeing. No, no, no. We, <laughs> guarantees in life. We want him to explain yeah, yeah, yeah. the process
2: from them either. What was it?
0: No, it's good for you to explain the process for for yeah, those yeah. that are watching that yeah. want to know. So, so explain the process to us. You said you would have yeah, to try yeah. it out. So,
2: so it, it's the same with it's the same with um like doing a TED talk, right? Mm-hmm. You go in front of like the, the, the TEDx organization all that kind of stuff and you basically get interviewed. You get vetted. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I say, hey, I wanna, I wanna talk about, you know, cybersecurity, I can't be like Nick, the bus driving cybersecurity fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, you have to be like an expert in your field, mm-hmm. and by virtue of that, you know, they're also looking for things that are are novel concepts, meaning this is, really hasn't been approached before, uh, you know, in this way. And so mm-hmm. um, when I created the five laws of cybersecurity, um, I basically like I had my 80-something-year-old mother in mind when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. It was originally an article for Forbes I wrote back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, you know what, I can make this into a talk. And I'd already done one previously, um, so it had already been vetted, so it was easier to get. But there's always, like, a vetting process you have to run the gamut. the same way that i had to make demos and i had to go to radio stations and say hey will you listen to this it's on mm-hmm. cybersecurity. it's not exactly the sexiest thing to talk about but mm-hmm. you know if i can you know reach enough people people will start to be educated so yeah so i found one that was willing to take me in the same way that that you know i got vetted through the speaking agency and now i have multiple actually speaking agencies that bring me work um in exchange for commission and so it kind of self-perpetuates mm-hmm. keep moving forward it's the best thing to do I right that
1: man. Absolutely. Coming from coming from where, um I would say I was a more introverted person. My, my we grew up together playing basketball and football together. So I wasn't um very talkative, only child, so I wasn't um I never felt like I had a lot of, you know, Back up. So I was like, I was very careful
2: with, when I started talking trash and sports and everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Well, well I, so for the record, I'm I'm also an only child. Um, yeah. And, and I'll tell you right now, there's only so much you can blame on the dog growing up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got all I got all the yellow because the dog did <laughs> <is> nothing
1: wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say since being in banking, that was, like you said, niches, I started developing my niche in banking, just having regular people to people talking, just trying to make sure, in banking we have this thing where we always want to find out how they're doing, how's, you know, family, health, and wealth, you know, those are like the three things everybody got in common, everybody's trying to make sure those things are good, family, health, and wealth, So. Right. I I would say um, I never thought about outdoor public well in terms of you know public speaking like going out to a big crowd I don't think I was shy for for like in terms of you got me thinking more about uh, maybe I should be more of an open speaker in terms of
2: trying to influence more people you know instead yeah. of just the people who come to me
1: yeah yeah the
2: more, the more people you reach with a positive message the better the world will be you know and mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't start. You know, speaking to thousands of people in one shot. i started with literally like 20 people in a room, and oh, I was yeah. nervous. And I showed up like three hours before the speech, and <laughs> you know, oh, you got you got yeah. warmed up, <laughs> right? Right. Well, because you, I've never done it. I've never, you know, yeah. acted, and and you just you just you you get this flow to it as soon as it's you know as soon as soon as you're really there. Like you mm-hmm. know, so I'll fly to my next gig in like a week or two, and when I you know I get up on stage, it's just I'm just getting up on stage and doing my thing. There's no mental prep at that point because it's just something that you just naturally start to ingrain in yourself it's um, you know, and that 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 doesn't happen overnight you know that took <laughs> years you get to that point but when you do it's it's just part of you in the same way that like we all specialize right you know, like yeah. you're know, you in finance i don't know what you do like you do i have an accountant for that because i stink at it you know in the same way i don't yeah. do my own root canals or my own brain surgery mm-hmm. or oil yeah. changes on my car you know like we all we all have specialties you Wait, know, you know, you just got me worried. Does that mean you can hack my phone right now? <laughs> no, man, <sorry>. no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but we do we do hack we do hack the Androids and iPhones. That's that's one of the things that we are oh, oftentimes man. charged to do for testing purposes,
1: yeah. Well for curiosity, right now I feel like I'm there's a lot more spam going
2: on. Is that a thing you guys are dealing with too or? Oh, yeah. Well, so all kinds of threats are, are really through the roof. Um, one, one of the biggest problems we saw was the pandemic dropped a supercharger and absolutely all of this. For the first time in the history of hacking and cybersecurity, we saw basically one singular event basically unite all of the criminals around the world to use essentially one thing to try to get people to click on stuff, download stuff. And that was covid can't find masks. Click here. Can't find toilet paper? Click Ooh. here. Didn't get your stimulus check? Click here. And at the height of the pandemic, mm, uh, everyone, uh, I just, everyone i just,
1: one of those things.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, so I was the chief spokesperson for the COVID-19 Cyber Threat Coalition, which was 4,000 cybersecurity volunteers in 24 time zones, looking at essentially what we call IOCs or indicators of compromise around the world. And at the height of the pandemic, we're talking like like late March, early April in 2020, when the bomb dropped. We were seeing five thousand malicious websites being just launched every single day. And man, so it was it's like nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. And, and so hacking went through the roof, ransomware where where uh, went through the roof, on top of disinformation and misinformation, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the next supercharger that, that dropped was the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. So so it's been a very busy <laughs> few years. I can and, imagine. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 been problems. And on top of it. In cybersecurity, we're down about 3-4 million bodies right now. We we can't hire fast enough. And we can't train. To keep enough up enough. with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Everybody's Everybody needs people right now. So so we've got a worldwide issue with that on top of everything else. You know, from yeah, like credit card scamming to malware. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it makes, and then they make millions. So millions. So at the height of it, our evil which is one of the most prolific gangs, was making about $100 million a year. Wow. Well. And just ripping, mm-hmm. ripping us off. That's all they were doing. Man, what a business! 100 million. <laughs> yeah. And they're run like businesses. That's what people don't get. So um, mm-hmm. one of the gangs, Conti, out of Russia before the invasion, um, they basically they had an office building. They were tracking sick time. They were tracking, um, you know, like PTO, uh, health. They were giving health insurance out. This was run as a business. You were working yeah. a nine to five, like it was just like any other business that you would think of, except it was a criminal enterprise. And so these are very wow. polished. It's it's no longer the 15-year-old kid just breaking into things. These are these mm-hmm. are organized gangs that are, are are just wreaking havoc on the world right now. So,
0: yeah, I uh, heard in Korea is the same thing. How majority of the money in South Korea they get it from scamming like and selling like human labor. I don't know North how true Korea, that is. North Korea, North Korea, not, North not Korea. South. Sorry, North yeah. Korea. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. North yeah. Korea is
0: the one doing that. South Korea is our ally. Okay. Um, so North
2: Korea. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good we don't need facebook yeah we don't need
1: facebook clicking us down anyway (laughs) (laughs) go north korea no um wow (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: yeah
2: yeah, but that's how that's one of the things that north korea does to basically prop up their economy because they're a pariah nobody other than china gives them anything you know and so by virtue of that they they have turned to internet scams and theft and all that kind of stuff to help sustain their economy. It's pretty crazy. Imagine oh, a whole man.
0: country scamming, yeah. just like Nigeria. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, um, I wrote an article years ago about the geography of hackers, why we see specific types of tactics being used in Nigeria was one of my examples. Because there's a lot of places outside of like Lagos and Abuja in Nigeria where there's very little internet. It mm-hmm. comes and goes, mm-hmm. up and down. It's not sustained like we have it here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so, to send an email, you can click send, and it can just wait until the internet comes back on and then go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wow! You'll wrap sure. up a whole bunch of like you know ten thousand of these emails, and then as soon as your internet's back on, they'll just start filing them out. It's all good. Hey, I said
1: that even yeah. months ago, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, so wow. it's very easy for them to run those operations. Um, you know, in other places where there's an absolute lot of bandwidth, we see different types of attacks. They'll knock out infrastructure, they'll knock out websites, um, you know, or they can, they can do various techniques simultaneously, and all of that, but as Africa, to that point, starts to develop um, you know, a huge amount of infrastructure, and they are the largest and fastest growing infrastructure in the world. More than one billion Africans now have cell phones, um, where mm-hmm. five years previously they just didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see new threats emerging from Africa, just as we see new threats emerging from everywhere around the world, including here in North America and the United States. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I heard
0: Uganda yeah. just became very rich, and Uganda about to be the modern-day Wakanda.
2: <laughs> so right, so we, and, and that's that's just it. As, as we're tracking these hotspots, there there are there are countries that are considered failed states. There are those that are prosperous but no matter what your economic status you see criminals leveraging the internet to do whatever it is they're doing even Mm. here in the united states in fact uh you know DraftKings, the the betting platform yeah yeah uh, they they were hacked along with betmgm like i want to say like december or something like that and they just arrested the hacker an 18 year old kid in wisconsin
0: that actually it actually
2: hit right so you never know right (laughs) you know and being in chicago like that dude's like two hours away from me Wow. You know, so wow, right. So, you know, it's not always the Russians or whatever it is, but they do a lot of it. So you probably share a drink with them. <laughs> <laughs> <I hope not.
0: laughs> so let me ask you a question, right? Um, yeah. the rumor is that majority of the time when they catch these scammers, they hired them by giving them a job. Is that true or no?
2: So no, there a is, question. well, there is a tactic. You want to talk about North Korea and South Korea, where North Korean hackers were impersonating massive corporations like Samsung, which is a huge Korean brand, or Kyocera, Mm -hmm. or some of the others, to try and attract security professionals Mm -hmm. that were working for these large companies. Meaning, I was working at Kyocera, and now Samsung is sending me an email saying, hey, I'll pay you double what you're making at Kyocera, and of course I'm gonna respond, oh my gosh, more money, thing. who wouldn't, wouldn't, right? And so then they're sending infections, like, oh, fill out this form, right? Now you're infecting Kyocera. Or vice versa, you're connecting Samsung, or any one of the other major. And there are some massive companies in, um, you know, in uh, uh, South Korea.
1: Hyundai. That's yeah. another one. You know. At my, at my job, we talk about you know you got to read the emails, the um, the address, and everything. Would you recommend the same thing? Just read.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, there should be specific checks in place to make sure that who you're talking mm-hmm. to is actually legitimate. You know, mm-hmm. and. You know, and that and that is one of those big things. And so, banks are one of those huge targets. The banks are yeah. the, one of the largest targets in the world. I actually talk about that in the in the five laws. Think about it this way: the dawn of civilization, when we all came together and stopped being nomadic and decided to create a civilization and a currency, somebody came up with the idea of let's create a bank. Right? That's where we'll put the money. We'll regulate it, and I promise you, I guarantee you. The minute the first bank was open, there was somebody out there that said, Oh, that's where the money is. Yeah, I'm gonna rob Give me the
1: loot! give me the loot! <laughs> I'm gonna rob that,
2: right? And they robbed it. 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 And so what Not happened sure. the bank says, you know, the bank says, Okay, now we have to improve our defenses, and then it probably got robbed again. You know, and, yeah. and that's essentially how this works. It's a cat and mouse game. And so, you know, no matter what you're in, you've gotta be checking these things. You've gotta have especially when it comes to money, if you're moving money, you've gotta verify yeah. who you're talking to. You really do. Way much so. Got yeah.
1: three internet securities.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, as you yes. should. And I don't know who you I, work for, but I'm sure you got plenty of it. because I, I was gonna say, do you use what's 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 the best brand to use right
1: now? Is it still um, Norton? Or uh, so I I've never recommended
2: Norton. Uh, <laughs> Put that on the air. <laughs> there you go. The sponsor of yours, I apologize, Norton, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it it really depends, right? Because the solutions for business are not the same for personal. Mm. You know, I'm not expecting you to buy a $10,000 firewall for your house, but I'm, I'm sure expecting you your business to buy that, right? And mm-hmm. and so it, we run the balance. And one of the big problems that consumers have, just regular folk. Is that, um, you know, oftentimes we're not getting the best out there, meaning we're getting the Nortons as opposed to the enterprise level technology that the Department of Defense uses and corporations use and all that kind mm, of technology. Top security. Top yeah, security, yeah. So yeah. it's a huge thing, but that's kind of the, the way of the world, you know? Mm.
1: So, yes. I need that for the real word, man.
0: I guess that's what <laughs> yeah. they say you get what you pay for.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah you know and that's and that's true especially when you're trying to safeguard kids and educate them and all that kind of stuff is just like families out there you know a lot of parents are just not educated on cybersecurity, and so they just don't get you know the pitfalls of you know all of the things like social media predators uh you know depression that social media is we have long well, of speaking, movies, speaking you know, of kids and social media how do you feel about tiktok man mm-hmm. um TikTok is possibly one of the worst things to ever happen to the internet. Sheesh, why do you say that? (laughs) I'm just saying.
1: They they said they can hack us from,
2: they get a lot of information from TikTok from us. Yeah, well, so there's two issues with TikTok. Number one, Mm. I did a video, I swear to God, like a week or two ago where I just, I just was reading the privacy policy, Mm -hmm. reading Mm -hmm. the privacy policy. And I was like, oh, you know, if you're on your home network, we're going to scan your networks. We know your password, like all of these things. Nothing wow. is in That's the first problem. So it's not that's just you know, device. They're identifying you on your smart TV because it's part of the network that your, your, your phone yeah, is on. Yeah, the off. Wi-Fi. Right, yes. right. So wow. that's the first problem. The second problem is- That's true. Longitu- the second problem is a longitudinal issue because the Chinese government gets access to all of this and we have multiple whistleblowers, including a former TikTok executive that, that is saying this. Um, but think yeah. of it this way. Think about this. You're the 13 to 15 year old kid you are going to do stupid things. We have all been 13 and 15. We've all done stupid things. Mm-hmm. Your stupid thing is being recorded. It is being copied by the Chinese government. Now, fast forward 20 years when that 35-year-old 30, decides to run for Congress. Guess who has the huh. videos? <laughs> <laughs> In China. Right.
1: House uh, right.
2: like like of Cards. Right. We are creating a memory that is basically handing it to an adversarial nation. And so I have I have deep concerns about that. And you can follow me on social media and yes, really? our social media is data mine. Facebook is data mine. You know, TikTok or Twitter excuse me is data mine. Yes, yeah, all Instagram of them are All data mine, but we have legal recourse under the law to sue Facebook. Facebook just got a one point two billion euro fine for regulations, yes. right?
0: They ask all um, of us to sign up for that money. China, hmm.
2: Price in China. Hmm. You know? i <laughs> not gonna win that
0: one. They'll so, kill you first. sure, <laughs> oh, I'll ruin your credit.
1: It's bad not
0: You might deal with a cyber hack, you know? I mean, I <laughs> know. Yeah, they'll you ruin your credit and then they'll spit in your food. <laughs> like <tinkers>. oh, <laughs> yeah. well, this is the real word. Yeah, and even in New York, and recently
2: we just found out that the Chinese government in New York City, I think it was in Manhattan, um, had a secret Chinese police center.
0: What you mean? I, it's I, a secret I, Chinese in center.
2: It, I don't know if it's in Chinatown. It might have been. Well, it, it makes sense it would it's be in Chinatown. <laughs> this was reported about, like, the New York Times or the Washington Post, where they were keeping an eye on Chinese dissidents here living in the United States, specifically New York and other major cities where they basically had a, a legal police department that was owned by the Chinese government in your city. you, you I'm not making this up. You can literally go read about this in major I parts. You want to this yourself, man. Yeah, and, it's- important.
0: And what were they doing? Just keeping tabs on Chinese people in America?
2: So, so- They were on the protection.
0: Let him really? explain it. Please, no. the,
2: the Chinese government acknowledged it, and they said, "Yeah, we have these centers, but this is for like Chinese citizens living in the United States to go like renew their driver's license, their Chinese driver's license, that kind of stuff." But uh, investigations investigation showed that they could use them as detention centers. They were using the surveillance centers. They were working on social media to find these people, you know, in in the local areas. I mean, this is literally this is major publications. This isn't like some tinfoil
0: hat conspiracy. It's a, it's a huge thing. Mm. So, but I wouldn't be surprised wow. because I also worked as a psychotherapist for a year and a half and I had a Vietnamese um, patient and he explained to me that even when they first mm-hmm. came to America as refugees, they maintained a low profile because they felt like um, people back home would send people into America to look for them and kill them yeah. and how they were spies living amongst them in america that was looking for people that betrayed the vietnam um country and so his family like the previous generation and the previous generation before that because he's like third generation because it was his grandmother his mother and then him so he's saying the previous two generations lived in fear like they wouldn't let anyone know where they lived they would use Um. fake names sometimes they wouldn't leave the house unless it was for work or for church and they wouldn't tell people like where they're at at times or family was back home he said that they lived in that constant fear for years yeah
2: yeah i'm low key
0: what school did you go to
2: uh st Viter uh high school it's in it's in the suburbs of chicago um mm-hmm. where, where i grew up so yeah and it's a good school um you know still is and small class sizes and and it's just a good community
0: mm-hmm. yeah. i think that's the benefit of putting your child in private school because my child's in private school and I noticed that they have only one class for each grade like one kindergarten class one Mm pre-k class one first grade class one second grade class they might have two teachers in each class so they do give them that specialized education and they and they are more hands-on and I do see the development in my child um and to be honest I wish I had that growing up as well um, but even the alternative of a charter school, I wish we had that growing up as well, mm. because we were subjugated to our school districts based on what we could afford. You know, um, mm-hmm. if we lived in a poor school district, then we went to a poor school. If we went to a richer school district, went to a richer school. And mm. I grew up in a family of six. So we had, so I had like three siblings. And so yeah. my dad tried at one point to put us in a advanced school, prior school, and he was like, "I have four kids. You could at least give me one free, <laughs> or give me a discount."
2: <laughs> and they wasn't really good it.
0: so like, yeah, you know, Haitians. That I was looking for a discount.
2: discount. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I I would do the same thing if I had four kids, you know. But uh, yeah, no, and, and and so I am not. I, for the record, I am not an expert on educational standards. I do know there's like a there is a debate um, right now on school choice. I think, which is supposed to combat that. Again, I, I'm not an expert at this, mm-hmm. but from what I understand, the, the premise of school choice is well, you know, if you have the ability in the district to attempt to get into the best school in the district, or you know, can choose those things, which to me may seem like a good idea. But again, I don't know what I'm missing. I'm I'm, I'm the first to admit when I don't know something fully well, um, you know. But I would like to think that everybody's going to have hopefully an equal opportunity to get into. You know the best possible schools you know just, just to make sure that you're you're training the best and the brightest no matter who they
0: are where we live is based on um affordability if you live in a more rich affluent neighborhood then therefore the taxes are higher and therefore the schools are better and and yeah, if you live sense. in a poor neighborhood then there's less people working less taxes the school is more garbage you know that's why if you go to a certain neighborhood like, the food is trash, the cornerstones is trash, the supermarkets <laughs> is trash, the schools... The government Like, cheese. everything is trash, but it's much cheaper. And mm-hmm. then you go to a middle-class neighborhood, you see the schools look a lot better, they're a lot bigger. You know, the streets are a little bit wider, the people have driveways. It's a little bit more different. Then you go to the affluent neighborhoods, the rich neighborhoods, you know, it's a whole different thing.
1: They got more access to sports. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. got more land
2: yeah yeah no and that's i mean and that's i think true in any any urban area you know with suburbs and all of that um you know I'm, i live a middle class existence if you will and i can go about 30 minutes that way uh and get houses that are palatial you know a, you know horse farms next to them kind of thing um and yeah in in that vein you can look at essentially the the schools that, that they are mm-hmm. offering uh, you know, smaller class sizes, less homes, but higher taxes. You know, so I, I can totally see what you're what you're talking about there, and I, I don't think that's uh, right in the long run. I think I think schools should be as I think schools should honestly be palaces. They should be the education standard that 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 moves the next generation. And if you're thinking longitudinally about this country or any country, uh, you know, the best thing that you can possibly do is educate the next generation as best as you possibly can give them the best education, all of them, because they're the next doctors, they're the next leaders, they're even the next bus drivers, right? But everybody yeah. should get that education. Everybody should get that opportunity. I think that's just beyond important. I really do. Now again I'm not an expert on this. I don't know how you finance that, if you will. Maybe it's through taxes. Maybe there's something else we can do. I don't know. But mm-hmm. but my but looking at that, you know, again as a non expert, I, I think that's you know, I think everybody should should have an amazing but
0: you know what's crazy though on top of all of that everybody doesn't have that and the richer you are you could literally go to school in the castle like the school i graduated Mm -hmm. with with my masters for them they have a castle (laughs) it's called rose hill (laughs) you know duke they have a castle the -hmm. private school that my church was in for for all those years it was literally a castle so it's like you know, you can't say kids don't go to school in Hogwarts, right? It's a fictional place, but they go to school in the castle, right? but it's a right. private it's a private boarding school. Those kids weren't poor. so it was like and they
1: say and they say that helps um the mental health. um I wanted to speak of Dan Pina, the billionaire, or got that book on The trillion dollar man. He talks about first thing he does when he gets um anybody who wants to listen to him is he takes them to his castle in Germany. He says it just, just changes it. their whole mindset yeah well
2: yeah. i think it shows you the the capabilities of achievement right mm-hmm. yeah. you know for so the goal the goal is to have that equal starting line you know mm-hmm. not every not everybody's going to achieve in life that's just human nature but if everybody has an equal shot at achieving i think we have a we have a much better shot at continuously improving and innovating everything in our lives everything in society And I think that's something that that is missing. I look at other school systems, uh, you know, so I have clients, for example, that, you know, and we just talk like this, you know, with clients Mm -hmm. in Germany, and until about eighth grade, all the kids basically have an equal curriculum, and then they test. You're either going to vocational school, you know, to go into the trades or something like that, or you're on a path to college to be whatever you're going to be in college. Like the game of life. Right, right. But And you're going to have kids that have specific aptitudes. You know, so I have a friend, for example, he's a carpenter, he's a brilliant carpenter, you know, amazing at it. I, I don't have that skill, you know, mm-hmm. he loves what he does, you know what I mean? And I love what I do and I've trained very hard to, you know, to, 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 to be uh, hopefully at the top of my game, you know, and, and so I think as, as long as we have those people and we are properly motivating, you know, them in the world, I think we're always going to see, you know, those people that really want to achieve, achieve if they're, if they're given the right opportunities. That's mm. it's a great thing to hear you speak about, you know, love what you do, man. That's one of the things that we try to push out on, on this show. Yeah, Make well, sure you love what you do. Yeah, yeah and we, we all should. I mean, yeah. I nobody wants to, to go to a job and punch a clock they absolutely hate. But it most people everything do. everything down. It brings everything down in your life.
0: But most you know people I mean? do. Most people hate the jobs that they work at. Um,
2: <clears throat> in the urban
1: community. <laughs> yeah, we,
0: we were talking about an equal head start. I think... We don't, as individuals, I don't think we all get equal head starts, even in America. I think the, Agreed. like oh, say, for example, the person whose grandfather dies and leave them a million dollars or at least 350000 in escrow in a trust does not have the same equal opportunity as someone that's growing up on Section 8 or, or that's growing up yep. on public assistance. That gap is Absolutely. so huge. And even when that person starts to close up on the gap and, and gets closer into that affluent society. They look down on them because the higher you go, it's not about riches, it's about wealth. Not only if you have money, what kind of money you have and how long your family had that money and where did that money come from.
2: Well, and, and those are those are the people I wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're, they're going to look down at me, you know, and, and I mean, and that's, you know, look, I'm first born. That's that. just circle. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the son of immigrants. And my parents did not fly here on a private jet. You know what I mean. My, you know, I, I mean, and 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 so by virtue of that, my dad worked and worked and worked and worked to to make a better life, so that I would have a better life than he had. You know, growing up, you know, where he grew up, and and so by virtue of that, the goal is to pay that forward. You're 100 percent right. We do not have, I think, equal opportunity when it comes to access to education, therefore access to opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a serious disservice that we we've been doing society i think we've made progress on that but we have a long way to go Mm. i do think we have a long way to go on that and and i think we've seen some regression unfortunately um you know in the last few years and all of that and it's something that i think is deeply concerning um you know just to i think most of us in the country Mm -hmm.
0: nick
2: you got you got um kids you got you got kids
0: yeah (laughs) what you got children
2: (laughs) so um unfortunately guys one of the things that i i can't talk about um is that so understand that i am targeted by foreign intelligence services and all that given the job yeah
0: oh wow the russians are after
2: you uh (laughs) well so should we be
1: concerned no 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 no. let's end
0: uh, the zoom uh, now
2: uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) just what we do and who we work with i it's it's the, it's the one thing I keep not Really, keep dive private. into just for security's sake, but I otherwise I would. I, I you wow. know an open person, but that's I, I had you know I just I have to protect someone. I'm just gonna say you, you got good
1: parents and skills. Right? Yeah, that. and the reason
0: <laughs> and the reason why I <laughs> asked that question is because um it would seem that you are focused on legacy and paying things forward, almost like you're creating everything within this life to leave it for someone else after you're gone. That's what it seems like to me. I could be looking at it the wrong way, but that's just what it seems like, like you're concerned about the future and you're aware about the things that are going on and you're addressing it and not shying away from the important issues like a lot of people do. A lot of people mm-hmm. tend to, and you relate to it back, um, being of Hispanic culture and being an immigrant, you know, and I could relate. Like I'm a Haitian immigrant, my father, and, and Kamal could attest to this. He said many times he's been working since he was 14, 15 to build up, you know, he's things tired, to leave, to leave things tired. back <laughs> for, for his children. I think that's what it is. And, you know, I, the other day my daughter was taking videos in the house and she said, this is for me. This is for me. This is for me. Right now it's for daddy, but it's going to be for me. And I'm like, and I started laughing. And I'm like, she's right. Like, you know, after I'm gone, it's gonna be for her. So, you know, for her to even be aware of that at this age is amazing. Um, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah.
2: So the way the way I look at it is, we're all cogs in a giant machine, right? We all yeah. have our parts to play, mm-hmm. and and by virtue of that, you know, we're we're all in this together. At the end of the day, and I want to have the important conversations. I want to have interesting conversations i don't want to sit here for an hour and talk to you about the weather you know when when honestly that doesn't move the ball forward you know and and for the record it's nice out today in chicago (laughs) But, but you know my point my point being is you know as we are looking at you know future generations or you know those that we're training to come past us whether it's kids whether it's the next wave of people in my career or whatever it is the goal is to show them where we've been and where we're going and and to basically pass the torch. They are trying to run the balance of disinformation and misinformation, anger Mm -hmm. and and survivability for those that Mm -hmm. just, you know what, I just maybe want to talk Mm -hmm. to my friends peacefully.
0: But they shouldn't be in control to say what is true and what is not because a lot of things that they were saying before that wasn't true about COVID end up being true. So they were controlling Mm -hmm. that narrative the entire time. Like on
1: Facebook again. Like they filter yeah, I, I, I they
0: filter you. certain narratives based on what they want and based on what like that's what they call lobbyists, stakeholders, you know, people that create superpass, the rich people that controls government. So the government was always controlled by these rich people regardless. And now these rich people, they own these big social media companies. And now it's almost like a flex, almost like why Elon Musk bought Twitter, just like, okay, now I control the voice. First thing he said was majority of the people that you see on Twitter are fake like they're bots just to inflate just to inflate the the product. It's almost like when you on Instagram when you get fake likes just to make your likes look like more. It's the right. same thing that these companies are doing with all these fake people. How you think they got fake likes in the first place? There's fake people that they allow them right. to create and then they be like, "Oh no, this is fake right. and this is real." But well, you know, and, and, they they're trying to manipulate right. reality by by taking control of reality through the superficial of the virtuality, virtual reality, and the social media. That's how they're controlling the minds of the children.
2: When you have three plus billion people, and let's say that's two billion actual humans plus a billion bots, or whatever it is, it is incredibly hard to police that. And what ends up happening is you have war crimes Actually, being committed on Facebook. Started from it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you know, Myanmar is one of those. A genocide happened in Myanmar against the Rohingya Muslims because they were allowed to spread disinformation on Facebook. Uh, we have war crimes coming out of the Middle East as people are stealing artifacts from war zones and selling it in languages that Facebook is not policing. We have a lot of problems with this. Conversely, how do you manage something that huge even their own engineers have said we don't know where all our data is it's too big it's too massive and so we have this odd problem right now of of to your point of of, you know looking at what essentially could be information control or or you know putting all of us into a funnel to think one way as opposed to the other but at the same token we have a problem every which way because we're also seeing extremism ramp up on both sides, and that is directly um, essentially related to this. There's a study out there you might be interested in looking at. It's called the Hidden Tribes of America. I think it's like hiddentribes.us is the website, and it is a massive study on essentially the population. And what they found was it's something like 8% are extreme right something like 14% or something like that are extreme left and they are the loudest voices in the room and the other like 78% of us or whatever are what they call the exhausted majority. Mm. You know, we yeah. are tired of hearing, people bring <laughs> at each other, we just want to have a conversation like this and, and, and so most Ooh, of yeah. us fall into that but we are letting the extremes essentially rule the day and the algorithms are promoting that because it makes more money For the platforms yeah yeah but you putting
0: you giving too much credit to social media when there's the media and the government Mm -hmm. in general because prior to social media they use propaganda in all types of forms especially in warfare earth has never been at peace even though there's there there isn't war on american turf there's always war going on and prior to social sure. media being available they, they they always spread false lies and propaganda oh, and
2: i've, written on, this. I've and, written on this
0: and they create <laughs> false lies and propagandas after the fact because it's the victor that writes history his story so they change so, it every day
2: yeah so I've, I've written on this as well i mean we we have as as honest as we try to be we are perpetually lying to ourselves It is who we are as a society. And sometimes they're acceptable, sometimes they're not. So think about it this way. Think about you being an Olympic runner, right? You're gonna run the 100 meter dash and sitting next to you is Usain Bolt, right? He's running next to you you have to convince yourself, you have to lie to yourself <laughs> to say, I am the fastest man alive. I'm mm-hmm. already mean, saying no. <laughs> but, you, but you're also not an Olympic runner. Right? <laughs> so, so, so we do these things intentionally. Now, we have a history, you are 100% right, um, that, that there has been propaganda, there's been misinformation, whether it's on the battlefield, whether it's kings lying to the population to quell something, whatever that is. But what we see as a singular event probably since about the late 80s and 90s is media becoming 24 hours a day whether it's radio whether it's 24 hour news stations which led to online internet platforms like AOL so we had huge supreme court cases in the 90s over these kinds of things zaron v AOL for example mm-hmm. and then you drop facebook into this you drop social media into this where there's yeah, I mean, no breaks there's no breaks right. but they're also prioritizing what, what makes them profit over everything else. Mm. And so if that is happiness, they'll prioritize it. If that is anger, which they did prioritize, mm-hmm. then we get anger. Mm. And so mm-hmm. it is a combination of all of these things. So I'm not denying what you're saying, but understanding the context and the framework of the information delivery systems that we've had over the years, mm-hmm. right? And, and now we have something that is in real time. We're addicted to our phones. After this, you know, I'll go have dinner and I will open my phone at some point. You know what I mean? And yes. that is who we are. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's there. And they're not publishers because the algorithms, the artificial intelligence is prioritizing who goes viral and who doesn't. So mm-hmm. my post on social media will not go viral.
0: Your kid is behind you. I
2: hate everything and burn it down. And that's, that's the problem that we've got.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I agree. So closing thoughts, gentlemen. Love what you do, carry and
1: make your legacy, you know, leave something behind that you will make the world a better place. I take that one from Nick.
2: (laughs) Well, and... and and I, I appreciate being here and uh and this has been a great conversation because usually when i go on these people are asking me about you know how many cybersecurity threats there are today but this was a really good <laughs> <laughs> this is the <laughs> <a> real <laughs> word, word man yeah man i appreciate it yeah.
0: so while we're yeah. here how many cyber se- security threats are there in the world today <laughs> <laughs>
2: About uh, two hundred and fifty million a year. <laughs> oh, that's too much to count. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> We're talking viruses.
0: <laughs> way, way too much. And where can they find you, Nick, if they're looking for your services?
2: Yeah, yeah. You can like, share, follow me at uh, Nick AESP on Facebook and Twitter, even though I'm uh, not a big fan of either social media is a necessary evil. You can find me on uh, YouTube mm-hmm. as well at slash Nick Espinoza and yeah, come come hang out, come say hi. Come come yeah. tell me, me here.
0: And if they want to yeah. hire your yeah. company, where can they find your company to hire them?
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, securityfanatics.com, or you can hit me up on LinkedIn, slash Nick Espinoza, you'll see my mugshot right there, can't miss it, and and all good, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: we all got a mugshot now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the one question we ask every guest, what about the real word made you come on?
2: Uh, So you guys reached out to me on Podmatch, like Mm -hmm. you said, shout out to Podmatch for that, and... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just went and looked at you know what you guys sent and what you were talking about, and uh, when I went and googled you, I'm like, oh, this looks like fun. Like yeah. you guys, look like you're genuinely just having a good time, just having conversations wherever. It goes. And you know, yeah, that's that's kind of a jam. So I was like, yeah, yeah. this will this will be fun. It's not going to be like, like like Steve's business podcast. Let's talk about mm-hmm. you know you know what I mean. and yeah. I, I get invited on a lot of those, but this is yeah. I love I love conversations like this. And this, this yeah, this is, is like bar what talk. I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, we, we do have an issue, um, like, for example, with handguns. You know, in Chicago, we have a lot of handgun murders every single year. And it's something that we need to address in all communities everywhere, um, you know, but, but it's also more localized. It's not spread out. We're not shooting each other. I'm not worried when I get in my car and drive from point A to point B. Like, I, I will be driving into the city, like, you know, in a week or two, and it's not not going to bother me at all. Mm. You know, just, right. just another day, just another day. Just matters where you at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm in Chicago all the time, and it's 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 for the most part a peaceful city. And like said, we like, outside. Yeah, yeah. So 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 don't believe don't believe the hype. We're not a war
0: zone. Mm. <laughs> so not it's guys. not Chirac for real.
2: Yeah, Iraq is. I. am not a fan of that term. You know. But, you know. And, and so it, it just. It just is what it is. You know. But but no. It. I like I said for the most part. If you look at other cities like per capita, mm-hmm. like per hundred thousand people of gun deaths, like Columbus, Ohio has a higher per capita death rate than we do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so yeah. everything's relative.
1: I yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, it's music got a big influence. that's why Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i spent plenty of time on the south side, and here
0: I am. So you know about King Von and Lil Durk and all those guys.
2: Who?
0: King King Von, Lil Durk, and everybody. Uh, is
2: yeah. that
1: local? Local, like local music.
0: I don't even know King Von. I, mean, I know Lil Durk. <laughs> you know no. Lil Durk? Well, I know no. you know Kanye West, of course.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 around his age. So I grew yeah. up with Kanye. Okay, no okay. doubt. Yeah. Not not directly, he wasn't down the block from me. But, but his music, yeah. Yeah, Kanye West and and, uh, and that era is pretty much where I when I was in the music scene, more mm. interested in doing shows. What's your favorite
0: yeah. Kanye song?
2: Um Oh my God! So um I love Jesus Walks. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, um, that's a tough one, man. That's it, a great song. It you was know, a great song. Um, mm-hmm. um, Gold Digger. I've always been a fan of Gold Digger.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we all <laughs> fan oh, of no, Gold Diggers, it, <laughs> yeah. whether we like to admit that's it or not.
2: Yeah, that's high school. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you know, the, yeah. that was my twenties, right? Or you know, yeah. I mm-hmm. but yeah, no, no. He's he's. I mean, he he he, he turned interesting yeah. <laughs> recently let's just put it that way um politically correct <laughs> yeah but you know yeah i mean and, i mean i look at others from chicago too that i love like r kelly <laughs> oh man what's your
0: favorite r kelly song what uh, what's your favorite r kelly song
2: no, oh it's remixed r- to ignition i mean yeah. Uh, know don't, don't get me wrong I, I love uh i believe i can fly and yeah, somebody, yeah. But, oh my god this is a remix to ignition, ignition? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you yeah. know but but he, you know? History as life went on, it just got yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just, you
0: know. Yeah. It's like
2: it's like it's like the people that you really enjoy music or arts and you know like yeah. I you know I loved America's Dad and here we are. <laughs> what <Well>, about <laughs> Michael?
0: Je- I mean Michael Jordan. Oh, Michael. Oh, MJ? Oh,
2: yeah. It, so I've driven by his former house, which is for sale, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's still like been for sale. Million dollars. Yeah, for um, <laughs> he, he was amazing. So I so I grew up with the '90s Bulls and that was amazing just amazing to watch Um, i imagine every game uses that he fell on top of the world (laughs) oh my god it it really was a dynasty everybody on that team was just fantastic and it it just yeah
0: so that's yeah that that was pride yeah that was great all right so i guess that's my high school years (laughs) yeah i guess that's all the questions that we have for you today nick um we usually close out with a prayer would you like to close out with a prayer for us you want me yeah you
2: to say um oh god um tell me about it (laughs) does that count does that count that i just know um
1: that can be short and sweet
2: you know just you know thank you for good times thank you for good friends you know thank you for the opportunities Uh, you know, that that we have in the world. And, uh, you know, um,
0: yeah, I think that's... Amen. You know, there you go. Amen, amen. Amen.
2: Yeah. yeah. And caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. But
0: yeah, of course. We wish
2: everybody.
0: Thank you, Nick. Thank you for the positive affirmation and prayers. We appreciate you. Thank you for everybody that's been watching. Thank you for everybody that's been supporting thus far. As you can catch us at www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's the Real I got the hiccups. Um, the Real World <laughs> TV at YouTube. Just put the Real World TV one word on YouTube. Um, at the, the Real World Ministries Inc. on Instagram. The Real World Ministries Inc. on Instagram. The Real World Ministries Inc. on Facebook. On Facebook.com. Backslash the Real Word 7. <laughs> and the Brick TV every Tuesday and Thursday. Um at one twelve and four. So I see you then. Thanks to my guest. Shout out to to Nick Espinoza. Espinoza, right? Espinosa, I said it right. You got it. Espinosa. And shout out to my partner Kamel Hall. That's always here with us. And shout out to you guys that's always watching. Shout out to the people watching live. Shout out to the people watching on The Brick. And shout out to the people watching on Bronx Net. Shout out to all of everybody that's been supporting us. <laughs> God bless you and good night.